0: From legendary locals, we all know, to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, the contest for Ipswich City Council Division 1 heats up with Redbank Plains resident Josh Addison, the latest to declare he will run for council next year. What are residents telling him are the big issues and what will be his top priorities if elected? It's Thursday, November 16, 2023, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to Elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. The next local government election is in March 2024. It'll be here before we know it. First-time candidate Josh Addison intends to run for Division One, and he joins the show. Thanks for speaking with Ipswich today, Josh.
1: Thanks for having me, Alan.
0: You created your campaign Facebook page on October 7. How long had you been considering a run for council?
1: Look, I've been considering a run for council for probably... um, I, I would say probably about a year. Um, I, I, you know, every now and then occasionally I would Google or look at, you know, when's the next council election coming up? Um, and then also looking at the current state of our city and, and our local politics as well. Um, but, but I really only did make the decision um, to run for Division One in September.
0: Does your family have a connection to politics?
1: My, I do have an extended relative that has been involved in politics down south, um, but no, no immediate family, uh, no uh, connection uh, to to politics or MPs or anything like that, um, apart from my own desire to get involved in federal politics when I sort of developed a social awareness of what was going on in the country while I was um, doing radio. So, yeah, that's it.
0: Okay, I'm guessing by your profile, you might be one of the youngest candidates, unless a few other people put their hand up. Do you mind if I ask how old you are?
1: Yeah, I am 23.
0: Okay, you, I think you will score the youngest candidate uh, <laughs> crown. You touched on some of the reasons you're running. What are they?
1: Yeah, look, for me, it comes down to community um, and also I feel when I do my rounds and my door knocking, a lot of people feel disconnected um, from government, from council. And it's across the board. It's not just local. It's local, state, and it's federal. Um, It's all the issues piling together, and people feel like it's hard to keep their head above water at the moment. Um, So for me, that's why I made a decision to put my hand up. Um, I've worked for the last four and a half years um, in federal um, government. Um, I've work, worked across the board. I've probably one of very few people that's actually worked for both major parties and also three independents as well.
0: So you've worked, uh, as an example, uh, as an electorate officer in, in, in one of the uh, offices somewhere.
1: Yeah, yep. So I've, I've been in a range of roles. I, I started off in, in an EO handling constituent inquiries which was a wake-up call to me um, for what people go through in their day-to-day lives. Um, I know, you know, my very first EO role was with uh, Jackie Lambie and um, especially when you would hear the stories of veterans, the veterans have a close place in my heart um, because of the stories you'd hear, um, especially when it comes to the Department of Veteran Affairs, uh, family um, and domestic violence, or even the simple things as issues with Telstra. Um, and, and every issue requires, um, a, a, you know, a level of respect you, you, you give to the constituent and a trust there that you'll follow up for them and you'll help them out. Um, because obviously sometimes the, the person that they turn to last or even first could be their MP. Um, and it's important that we help constituents, that we help each other as a community. Um,
0: it's often said that uh, local councils is the level of government closest to the people. So, what specific council issues have residents been saying to you?
1: Oh, Alan, there there are two issues here. It's a bit of a double whammy at the moment, and you would be aware that the divisions are so large now. You have two councillors per division, um, which encompass many suburbs, and each suburb has a hyper local issue um, or in some some sharing issue. So, at the moment, you'll find in Red Bank Plains, Eden Crossing, White Rock, uh, Swanbank, Bank, Ripley, Flindersview, um, share the uh, dump issue, which is around the odour and the environmental concerns that are causing health issues. And um, unfortunately, it's sending people to the doctor um, with skin irritations. Um, and it's been a concern that's actually gone on for a very long time. Um, and it's a little concerning to me that now, you know, it's an election period, not just for for council, but state government's starting to ramp up their election cycle as well and their campaigns. And for me, I look at that and go, well, obviously now you're going to act because it's an election. Um, and then you have out at Flinders' view the, the development out there from Azure Properties. Uh, you know, they, they pitch to the local community affordable luxury uh, and, their, and their houses started at 550000 which is neither affordable, um and from what they were proposing, wasn't very luxurious. Um, and the Flindersview residents saw right through that. Um, and then you have, there's just recently, which is an issue that's just popped up, or it popped up a few months back and now it's resurfaced because the state government is trying to fast track it. It's the RaceView um, Drug, uh, Drug and Alcohol Rehabilitation Centre that they're wanting to put in RaceView in the heart of a residential community. Um, You have uh, roads that need to be sealed out in Grandchester and Mount Morton, Mount Walker. Um, So there are so many different issues um, bringing locals, um, their their attention to local government, and they're really starting to say, you know what, I'm actually going to pay attention in this election and I'm going to vote based on who I believe will act on my behalf as a representative in my interest.
0: The big issue in Division 1 has been that 140-unit development, which was approved by Council. Uh, On Facebook, you said your commitment to our community going into the election is that if elected, I'll personally lobby the state and federal governments to fund and build vital infrastructure. (coughs) And you highlight one of those is the Ipswich Rail Corridor. Now, the the corridor has been set aside, and I think Rachel Nolan was the Transport Minister at the time. So it's now just a, a matter of producing the bucks. But of course, Council can't do that.
1: Of course, and and that requires our representatives to go to the people that do have the money, to go to the federal government and say this is Queensland's fastest growing city um, and we need the funding for a vital piece of infrastructure that will um, – f- it's about building the future that we all deserve to have. Um, you, you look at different council uh, councils around Queensland, around Australia. You have the Gold Coast, which is the second most funded council in Australia. Ipswich is Queensland's fastest growing council area. Yet when you look at the uh, infrastructure pipeline of what is being offered um, and what is being built, we are not moving forward compared to what other cities are um and that's a big focus for me and and it's also because specifically if we talk about that rail corridor that's been spoken about for years that's not a new thing that's something that is needed to be on the table it's needed to be built for a very long time like i remember being um a kid and going up cedar road and um looking out at the paddock and being told you know you know there's going to be a train line here one day well many years on now and there's still no train line there um And and, uh, the rail corridor will ease congestion and it will assist in transport, especially in those regions where there is going to be development and there are going to be more homes and people are looking for a home in our city.
0: Josh, should you be successful in 2024, what will be your top five priorities? You've talked about some very big issues there that require state and federal investment, but what about council issues? What will be your priorities?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, uh, the big ones at the moment are continuous projects. So there are some that are ongoing. Um, for me, um, I would like to see our divisions return to singular council divisions um, so that councillors can have a hyper-local focus on specific areas. Um, at the moment, councillors are essentially, I would look at them and go are council MPs nearly for, for, for the areas that they represent, and... Um, roads and the basics we need to get the basics right we need to ensure that our roads are up to scratch and that the potholes are being filled and um you know those it, me personally driving on the roads um I find I've be I've got a flat um just driving on Red Bank Plains Road myself um which you know um more more than once actually so There are those hyper-local issues, the basics, potholes, roads, um, and then also infrastructure. So uh, recreational centres and sporting complexes, um, especially for our local clubs, local sporting clubs. Um, I'm currently going around to all the clubs and visiting them within the division, um, seeing what they need, uh, what they would like um, and what they'd like to see from their councillor to to lobby. You know, for instance, in Red Bank Plains, you have the Redbacks who – our iconic uh, Bruce Raleigh Oval there um, has no lights, so they can't train at night time. Um, and ensuring that um, the money that is spent is shared throughout the region of our city. We're not um, a purely metropolitan or urban area um, such as a CVD. You know, 72, more than $70 million is going into cinemas. Um, and then obviously there's a lot of funding also going into Springfield. But there's much more to Ipswich than just those two areas. Um, we have the regional, we have um, the suburban, um, and for me, a priority going into this election is ensuring that no one gets left behind. So we, we, we all take part in that, that funding pool um, for vital infrastructure right across. The public transport network is another um, key um, election commitment for me is to lobby to ensure that, Um, bus services, you know, I personally, when I was working in Brisbane City and I had to get up every morning um, and catch a bus to the station and then obviously a train into uh, the city, every now and then you wonder does the bus come or uh, is the transport network fully staffed? So, um, yeah, there there are many different issues that we need to look at to to get Ipswich moving really.
0: Uh, Earlier in our chat, you mentioned you had uh, an extended family member who was involved in politics. You also touched on, you had uh, thoughts of running for federal at some stage. Do you still want to do that?
1: Uh, No, at the moment, my focus is purely on council. My focus is on the hyper-local issues that affect our community at present.
0: Josh Addison, appreciate the chat. Thank you so much for speaking with Ipswich today.
1: Thanks, Alan. Appreciate it.
0: Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is listener supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening.